Hey everyone, it's Pastor Micah, lead pastor here at High Praise Crestview. I want to say thank you for choosing to listen to today's podcast. I want to encourage you to subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening from today and go connect with us on social media as well. My prayer is that as you listen to this message, you're encouraged, blessed, and transformed by the power of the Word of God. Now open your heart and get ready to receive what God wants to speak to you today. just want to take just a second to honor the leaders here at High Praise, um, Micah and Chelsea Gay. I was thinking about this um, about 4 a.m. because my child would not go to sleep last night. And so everybody stretch your hands towards the nursery so that he gets a nap. Um, but I was thinking about this. They inherited this church and essentially planted this church in the worst time possible <laughs> in the literal worst time possible uh, pastor Mike has told me they have service with they've had a service with 12 people in it before and here is what here is what you can 100% look at and say you have leaders who have a heart for this city and you and you should thank God for them because without them, this would not be. This would not be. And so I'm thankful to be here, honored to be here. Again, I cut on your live stream a good bit. So um, they, are, they are awesome, and I think, it's, I think it is just incredible what God's doing here. We text every week. Y'all are about to have to go to two services. If y'all just invite about 40 more people to church, you will push the envelope. So... In, it, it, it's, invite, you know. So, anyways, so I just wanted to honor them, and so you can be seated now, you, and you can give it up for my wife as well. She's here with me. My child is in the nursery, and I pray to God he's asleep. Um, yeah, probably not. There's, yeah, there's little to no shot that that is actually reality. Um, I have a word for you guys this morning. I hope you're ready. Um, I have been praying about this for probably since, uh, maybe since October or so, the word that I'm going to share this morning. And um, I want to share something to kind of set up this dream or this this sermon. I want to share a dream with you that I had that I think actually pushed me in this direction to share this. And so um, we were actually on a cruise, my first cruise ever. It was horrible. There, we sh- sailed into a storm. It's like, we're getting on the ship, and I'm like, this is a horrible idea because they're handing out pieces of paper saying, hey, you don't have to come on this ship if you don't want to. Like, it's probably going to be rough, and we're going to have to, we're not going to do anything that we told you that we were going to do. So if you want to go ahead and turn back around now, it's probably best. But... We set sail into a hurricane. And so um, I am trying to sleep all that I can because I am afraid that the ship is going to sink. And it's just, you can ask Anna. I'm like, I need, they have a doctor to prescribe me something for anxiety, depression, everything on this ship. And yeah, I was really worried. But I, I actually took a nap one afternoon and I have this dream and I... I don't think every dream is from God, and I don't think every dream is significant, but I do think this one was for me and for this moment. I 
have this dream and I am in Alabama preaching at this church that I used to preach at all the time and the pastor there he is just I love him to death he's a really good friend of mine and he was sitting on the front of his church with his head in his head in his hand kind of like this and I was like walking in and I like tap him on the shoulder I really didn't know why I tapped him on the shoulder just it's part of it and I walk in and this I walk into this church and I see two of my most faithful church members in this room and at the time I literally didn't know that I was there to preach until he's like you're preaching and I was like great and this is fantastic and basically he hands me the mic and I get up and I just start saying this over and over and over and over again I say God builds with the faithful God builds with the faithful and I just keep saying it over and over and over and over and that's kind of the title that I want to and the subject that I want to share from this morning is God builds with the faithful and I don't think that God always picks the most talented I don't think that he always picks the most anointed I don't think that he always picks the most gifted. I don't think that he always picks the most popular or the most liked or the most influential. I think God always picks the faithful. And I really believe that we can go to a lot of places in the Bible, but a couple I want to go to this morning, Zechariah chapter 1, and then I want to move over to the book of Acts as well. But I want to start in Zechariah. How many of you would agree with this statement? The last three years in the church world have been insane. They've been insane. I want to really read to you, honestly, what I think may have happened in the last three years. I don't. Um, Zechariah chapter 1, um, let's start in verse 16. Therefore, thus says the Lord, I have returned to Jerusalem with mercy, and my house shall be built in it declares the Lord and the measuring line shall be stretched out over Jerusalem cry out again thus says the Lord of hosts my city shall overflow with prosperity and the Lord will comfort again Zion and again choose Jerusalem this is a part I really want you to catch and I lifted my eyes and saw behold four horns And I said to the angel who talked with me, what are these? And he said, these are the horns that have scattered Judah, Israel, and Jerusalem. These are the the powers that have scattered the people of God. They've called division. And he said, the Lord showed me four craftsmen or four builders. And he says, what are these coming to do? He said, these are the horns that scattered Judah so that no one would raise his head. And these have come to terrify them, to cast them down. The horns of the nation who lifted up their horns against the land of Judah to scatter it. So let me translate this really quick because there's a lot of horns and stuff going on there. And it's just weird. Um, Thanks, Zechariah. But basically what, what it's saying is, is that there are these principalities and powers that have risen their head around and in the church 
in Jerusalem, in Zion. That's why Zechariah chapter 1 really starts out with an exhortation, and it says that, that the Lord is sending a prophet back to the temple, back to Jerusalem to comfort them. Their cities will overflow, overflow with prosperity. God will comfort the church. He will comfort Jerusalem. And then he says, but there were four horns that divided us. There were four things that really divided us. And I don't really want to focus so much on the four things, or I'm not going to try to prophetically say what the four things were that divided us or anything like that. But I am going to say that over the last three years, I truly believe that the church has been divided as it's ever been. Or from the people that are older that I hear talk, they say things like, I've never seen anything like this before. It was so divided. And I think that it's so, not really strange, but peculiar, that when all of this division is breaking out, God says, I am sending four craftsmen. I am sending four builders to deal with all of this division. And I think a lot of times when we are scattered, when we are in, not in our right mind, when we are feeling divided, I'm going to talk a little bit more about that part tonight, but when we are feeling all of those things, God always raises up builders to make sure that his church lasts. When we feel all of that tension that we felt over the past three years, God always raises up builders. And I really want to give you this morning, I want to give you some building blocks for your personal life to become a faithful builder of the church. Okay? I don't, I really do, I truly believe this, and I'm, and I'm not taking a jab at anything or any ministry or anyone when I say this. I truly believe that the days of just throwing talented people in positions in churches is over. I really do believe that. I believe that God is specifically looking for faithful ones. He's looking for faithful people to build his church. And so I want to give you some building blocks of how you can be a faithful one. I think everyone is called to be faithful because I don't believe that you're called to be unfaithful. <laughs> right? So faithfulness is a fruit of the Spirit, and it should be evident in your life. And so I really want to fast forward from in the Old Testament we see God raises up builders. And in the New Testament, and I could go here, I could go so deep into this about how the Lord comforted Zion and and in Hebrews, uh, the, the writer of Hebrews says that Jesus is our better Zion and he is a better way and, and all of that stuff. But I really just want to go to where God starts building his church. I want to go to the book of Acts. I want to look there. And I want to extract some things out of there. Now, I preached from the same text on Wednesday night in Panama City. But this is not the same message. It's totally different. <laughs> Um, but I have been hanging out here for, in this text for probably like a year and a half, just going back to it. And so I've seen so many things, and I just want to show you what I think some building blocks are for you to be faithful in the body of Christ. So Acts chapter 2, nobody fall out, 
I know that's, that's our chapter. I know. Acts chapter 2, let's start reading in verse 1. When the day of Pentecost arrived, all together in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven like a mighty rushing wind. It filled the entire house where they were sitting in divided tongues of fire. And, and it rested on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now basically, what it goes on to say over the next few verses is there, there were people there from every nation. They had no idea what was happening. Everything was going crazy. And, they, and the apostles just basically looked at each other and said this. What does this mean? God pours out His Spirit Everyone begins speaking in tongues, and the apostles say, what does this mean? Very fair question. <laughs> Nobody's ever heard someone speak in tongues in the history of the world before, and now everybody is. And they're like, what does this mean? Peter then tells us very viciously that it means that we all killed God. That's what it means. <laughs> and you get... You get past that part in Acts chapter 2, and you really get to the part where, I mean, Peter flat out says in Acts 2.36, So let everyone in Israel know for certain that God has made this Jesus whom you crucified to be both Lord and Messiah. It says Peter's words pierced their hearts and said, Brothers, what does this mean? Or sorry, brothers, what should we do? So, everyone starts speaking in tongues, and they ask, what in the world does this mean? Peter then tells them, it means that you killed God. And then they're like, okay, so what do we do now? <laughs> Since we've killed God, where should we go from here? And it's very clear. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the sharing of meals, including the Lord's Supper, to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over all of them, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property, possessions, and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped the Lord together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared meals with great joy and generosity. And so, that's what they decided to do, but I want to go a little bit deeper. I want to really take what's happening in Acts chapter 2 and kind of show you a model for how you should live your life as a follower of Jesus when it comes to building his church. So the first thing that happens to set all of this up actually takes place in Luke. Jesus tells his disciples, he says, go wait in Jerusalem and wait on the promise of the Holy Spirit and I'm going to send the Holy Spirit and when he comes, he's going to fill you with power. Okay? The first thing, and if you're taking notes, this is note, note number one this morning. The first thing that the disciples do is they show up. Listen, if you want to be a part of building the kingdom of God, you have to show up to church. You actually have to come here. Right? I know people who, I know people, and, and they probably have experienced this too, people will like show up once a quarter. And then they're like, I want to start a ministry. 
Fantastic. We got it. We get it. We get it. Yes. Listen, if you want to build and if you want to participate in what God is doing here, high praise Crestview, like just start with faithfully attending church every single week. Just start with going every single week. How long does your services usually last? Hour and a half. Hour 45. You come here for an hour and a half, hour 45, every single week. Commit to it. Show up. If you want to be part of building something, if you want God to use you in building what He's doing here, if you want to look like, if you want to look back on 10, 20 years down the road from now, and when you want to say, I was there when, you have to make your face seen around here. See? Like, you can take two hours a week to come here on a Sunday morning. Nothing is going on on Sunday morning, nothing's happening. You know that you get to go home and take a nap this afternoon. So like the waking up early is not an excuse either. I really do think that God starts his best work within you when you just come and get still in his presence for a couple hours every week. That's what the disciples did. They went to Jerusalem and waited for 40 days. And then God sends His Spirit and begins to work on the inside of them. And it was, it was probably at that point a little bit of a surprise. Because how, you know, how many of you know when it's like, go and wait here and I'm going to send you my promise. And it's like, all right, like, all right we're going to wait a couple days and then couple days go by and it's and like a week or two goes by it's like all right what's going to be I don't I don't get it we're we've been waiting where is god and like you really give church like a couple weeks like 2 hours for him to start doing something in you significant that changes your life you know the average person attends church one time every four weeks in America? And we're like, God's not moving. Well, you wouldn't know if he was. <laughs> you would have no idea if revival broke out. You don't ever, I mean, social media, but it's like, you weren't there. You know those people It's like, we were there when revival started. No, you were not. You were not. But I believe that God is beginning to build something here. And I believe he's going to use faithful people to do it. You have gifted people here already. Everybody's like, you know what, that's true. <laughs> remember one time we did a three-week challenge with someone. We stole that at Hope Unlimited, by the way. Uh, we did a three-week challenge with someone, and I met with a couple, and they're like, we want to be worship leaders. And I just basically was like, I really don't need any more. We have like 14. It's like, we would love for you to join the worship team. Just like, maybe just like come to church for a few weeks first, you know? 
Because I truly believe God is not God is not finding the most talented people in the world and saying, let's throw them up on a stage and let's build a huge church again. Let's do all of this stuff. I truly believe that the craziness that we've experienced over the past three years, a lot of that instability would just become stability if you would just show up at church on a regular basis. A lot of the disciples' instability. How would you like to be following Jesus for three years and then he's like, I'm gone, peace out, dog. Like you think that that would cause some instability? It did. It did. Peter was like, I'm done with this. Back to the boat fishing. Thomas literally said, if Jesus Christ doesn't show up in the flesh and show me the holes in his hands and the holes in his side, I don't believe he was who he said he was. Jesus' death called some instability. And the answer to their instability was stillness and waiting on God to show up and move in a way. Listen, you have to be faithful to come get still for a couple hours a week. If you want God to build something in you called faithfulness and then use you to build as a faithful one, you have to be okay with just coming and being still even on weeks you don't feel like it. Even on weeks you don't feel like it. Even when you're not feeling anything. You may come here for six months and not feel a thing. What's awesome is, is that this is not magic. So every time you don't feel something, that doesn't mean that God is not working on the inside of you doing something. You know, like a lot of times when, when you need surgery, you never know when it's happening. You only feel the after effects. And for God to do something on the inside of you, sometimes you won't feel it initially. Sometimes it'll be just be faithful, consistency, showing up over and over and over and over and over again. And then he'll use you to build what he's doing here. Okay, you ready? Number two, when you get here, you ready for this one? When you get here, First thing you got to do is get here. You got to show up. The second thing that you have to do is you have to submit to the work of the Spirit and church leadership. You have to submit to the work of the Spirit and church leadership. I always try to make this kind of like a point of mine when I go different places because it's like Pastor Micah and Chelsea can't get up here and say, Submit! <laughs> right? Nor would they. They can't get up here and just say, submit. Now, I know, I know people who do. I know people who do. I mean, <laughs> I, got, I got stories for days on that. But you have to show up here, and you have to, you have to ask the questions that the disciples asked. When God begins to move, in here on a Sunday morning, you need to be asking questions. What does this mean for me? Do you know a lot of times, I think in the body of Christ, we have treated questions as doubt. 
Questions are not doubt. Christians are really good at having first thoughts. We're really bad at having second thoughts. Because second thoughts are considered doubt in the body of Christ. It is okay to ask, what does this mean? It's actually completely normal. (laughs) What does this mean for me? What am I supposed to do with all of these things that are happening here? What am I supposed to do on Sunday morning when they have 512 kids down here in the front? What does that mean for me? Bring yours is what it means. But you have to be okay with that question coming up in your heart and then verbalizing it out of your mouth. You have to be okay with asking, what does this mean? Because that is the beginning of you submitting to the work of the Spirit in your life. If you don't know what it means, there's no way that you're going to yield to it. If God begins to move in here on a Sunday morning and Pastor Micah gets up and says, hey, we're going to worship for a minute and something happens in you and you're like standing back there and you're like, what does this mean? Don't look at yourself as this doubter. Look at yourself as, as sensing that the Spirit is doing something and I have an invitation to participate in that. When they asked the question, what does this mean? They were not like looking around like, well, what does this mean? Like, what is, they were like, oh, what, what, is, what does this mean for me? And then Peter gets up and says, you killed God. That's what it means. That's <laughs> exactly what it means. It's so funny to me that Peter says, like, you killed God. Not we killed God. You killed God. Peter, you literally denied Jesus. It's so funny when we get into, I think, times when we show up to church and God starts moving in a way that we're really unsure about or we're not totally comfortable with. I think lots of times we tend to take a step back when we're unsure. And I think uncertainty is an invitation I don't, I, don't think it's a, I don't think it's something where we should just shy away from it, especially when you're in a safe environment inside of a church. Uncertainty is not this thing where it's like, oh, I'm just not sure about that. It's like, just submit to the work of the Spirit. He didn't really ask you if he could show up and move. <laughs> he didn't, like, take it into consideration. And so when you get into these moments where you are unsure about what's happening or what's going on or moving to two services or, or we're having community groups and we're going to do them like this or we're going to have youth or we're going to do this or we're going to do that, it's just, just jump in and go with the flow. Jump in and go with the flow. Listen, there, there is nothing that you could do to honor your pastors more than to not nitpick everything that they do as a member of the church. Can I like, here's, here's like, here's just like a, a really like just solid piece of advice. This church 
will exist with you or without you. It's true. I'll tell you a story about this. I hope unlimited when Pastor Casey decided he was going to move back to Hamilton and pass the baton off to me in a couple weeks. <laughs> um, it's funny because it's like we met, I swear, this is, this, is, this is the God's honest truth. We met about me becoming the new pastor on July the 4th. Pastor Casey was in Hamilton on July the 19th. This is like, run with it. And when I started running with it as best as I knew how, all of these people started coming to me and saying, well, you've got to do this, and you've got to do this, and you've got to do this, and you've got to do this. And I was like, I really just don't sense that we're supposed to do that. And they're like, well, we'll pay for all of it. And I was like, well, our vision's not for sale. Right? So, and, and so they began to really, like, push heavily. And they're like, okay, well, we're leaving. And I was like, I mean, God bless you. <laughs> like, awesome. I didn't know this. Pastor Casey actually told me after the fact. But the four largest givers in our church walked out our door at the same time. And our church is more financially healthy today than it's ever been. Because God is looking for people who just submit to the work of the Spirit. He's not looking for people to nitpick and do all of these things. Listen, if they want your help, they'll ask. And they do want your help. And they will ask. But it's very important that, that you know that, the, that your role here is to show up. It's to submit to the work of God. This is also your pastor's role as well. They know this. That's why they're the pastors here. They can't just not show up to church, right? That's not a thing. <laughs> yeah, sometimes, I remember like a couple weeks ago, I was, I was getting ready to preach on a Sunday morning, and one of my friends walked up he's like Cole you good he's like, I was just like dude not really I was like I just don't really want to be here this morning but we're about to get after it so buckle your seat belts <laughs> yeah but you have to show up you have to submit these two questions what does this mean and what do I do right what do I do listen you have something to do here you're not just called to just show up. You are called to do something here. You are called to partner with what God has spoken to the leaders of this house and push this vision forward. And it's not because they're the leaders and need you to partner with their vision and all this. No, it's just God's order. I don't, I don't get, I would rather it not be that way. Most pastors, most good pastors, and you have good pastors, don't really crave positions of power. They weren't looking to come plant a church. I for sure was not looking to take over Hope Unlimited. Someone asked me one time, they were like, how are you going to fill the shoes of Pastor Casey? I was like, I'm not. Like, I'm not even going to try. It's going to be me and... If this crashes and burns to the ground, I'll move back to Hamilton just like he did. <laughs> that was my answer. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what you want me to say. 
But you had to, you, you've got to show up, you've got to submit to the work of the Spirit. You have to ask those two questions. What does it mean when God is doing something in the room? What does this mean? And what do I do about that? What team do I join? What person do I invite? Where do I get involved? How can I help more? How can I carry more weight? Let me tell you what I think. I haven't really written this down, but it just come to me just now. I think the mark of a faithful church member and a builder is that they carry weight instead of being weight. You really have to figure out how to carry weight that God sent you here to carry. You know, all of you should be serving. Every person in the church should be serving. Every person. You are not participating in all of what God has for you if you just show up here. There is something that happens to you when you serve. There is, something that, there is something that is unlocked on the inside of you when you give yourself away. When you give your money away. When you tithe and when you give. There's something that's unlocked. It's the same thing when, you, when you're serving. These people in the beginning of the church, they were not, Pastor Micah alluded to this just a second ago, they were not just upper room people. They were faithful in the upper room and in the outer court. When you experience a move of the Spirit, God does this thing called sending. He sent them out of the upper room into the outer court. And there's some theologians that even make the argument that there is like this distinct little like comma in the Scripture that makes it where the Spirit was not even poured out inside of the upper room. That's where they were waiting. And God came and poured His Spirit out on everyone in the outer court. There are some theologians that say that. I'm not making that claim. I'm just giving you some random Bible knowledge. <laughs> but I think it looks more like this. You come in here on a Sunday morning. You show up. God pours His Spirit out weekly. And then he sends you out weekly to do something about what you just experienced. And to do something with it. God does not just give you his spirit just to have it. It's not just to speak in tongues. It's to serve other people. Right? So the first thing you got to do, if you want to be a faithful person in the body of Christ that helps build what God is doing at high praise Crestview, you have to show up. The second thing you, do, you have to do is you have to submit to the work of the Spirit and to the leadership here. And the last thing that you need to do is you need to give yourself to this. You need to give yourself to what God is doing here. And what does that look like? It looks like coming to church and hearing the Word of God preached. It looks like fellowship. It looks like taking people out to lunch, buying their lunch, if you have the means to do that. It looks like inviting people over to your house 
opening your home up or a space that you have up for a community group. It, th this life in God looks like something. It looks like something. And the disciples lay it out so plainly for us in the end of the book of Acts. What, what did they do? They devoted themselves to hearing the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to prayer. Listen, there's no reason why you can't show up to a prayer night. There's no reason why you can't show up to a prayer meeting. There really isn't. It really becomes about priority. Right? I think sometimes, like, we really make, we get caught up in the world that we are in. And we make things that are minor majors. Listen, there is nothing more important in your life than what people say about you and your walk with God. When people look at you, what do they think? And I'm not talking about your past. I'm talking about you in the present moment. They devoted themselves to the teaching, the fellowship, the prayers. They gave themselves to what God was doing. If you want God to use you to build what he is building, you have to give your life to it. And I don't mean quit your job. That's not what I mean. I don't mean quit your job. I don't mean, I don't mean come up here and just work at the church all day when no one's, I mean, you can do it if you want to. I'm sure they wouldn't mind, but. <laughs> you have to see that God, in, in, when he starts building, there is a way of life that the ones that he builds with have. There's a way of life that they adopt. And I think it's so important that we get delivered from the way of life that, that the world around us has to offer. And I, when I say, I use that word delivered very intentionally because we're bound to it. We're bound to the minors most of the time in our life. And, we're, and we lack commitment to the majors. There's nothing that you can do for your children that's going to make a greater impact in their life than to bring them to this place every time the doors are open. There's nothing that you can do greater. So you have to show up. You have to submit You have to give yourself to this. You have to serve it. You have to sow into it. I could tell you stories about when I first got saved and my pastors, the way that they taught me to give, but it was not godly. <laughs> um, but you need to tithe. You need to tithe. Can I tell you something cool too? This is, this is also very, very cool. If you don't tithe, God will send someone who will. This is not dependent upon you, but this is an invitation for you to participate with God. You have to show up here 
You have to submit to what God's doing, the work of the Spirit in your life, and you have to serve what He's doing here. Can I just get someone on the keys? This is what I, I really want to do this morning. I really want you to think about, just in this moment as she's coming to, as she's coming to play the keys this morning, I really want you to think about where you're at with these things. Because I've really, I've not come this morning to, for me to, we'll probably lay hands on people tonight, but uh, I've not come this morning to lay hands on everyone in the room and everyone fall out in the spirit. I've really just come to encourage you and challenge you. You need to be here as much as you can. You can go ahead and stand to your feet. I really want you to think about this. I want you to think about, am I showing up to this place on a regular basis? Am I going and waiting like Jesus gave the, Jesus gave the apostles instructions, go and wait? Am I going and sitting and waiting even when I don't feel it, even when I don't, I'm not experiencing what I think I should be experiencing? Am I going and waiting? And then the next thing is, am I showing up and submitting to what God's doing here? Am I fine with things not being the way that I prefer them to be? Listen, everything is not going to satisfy your preferences here. I promise you, they're going to do something. This church will do something at some point, and you will not prefer the way that it's done. That's okay. You can still be a part. And you don't have to go and tell everyone, oh, I didn't prefer that they did it this way. You don't have to do that. It's, it's really okay. This is not about your preferences. This is really about the presence of God impacting people's lives. It's really not about your preference. And the last thing, are you, are you giving yourself to this? I want you to really search within yourself in this moment. Are you giving yourself to this? Listen, if you give yourself to, do, to this, it will give you more than you can ever give it. This will do more for you than you could ever do for it. That's why, that's why in Galatians, Paul says, give back in all good things to the household of faith. All good things that you have, you should give them into this. Every gift, every dollar, every dollar you should tithe off of it. Don't give every dollar here. Need money to eat. Or if you want, if God speaks to you. I've heard it. But you need to give all good things back into this place. You need to give yourself to this. And I promise you, if you do those three things, if you just show up, submit, and serve this place, God will use you to build it. God will use you to build it. And I don't know about you, but I want to be a part of God building His church the way He wants to build it specifically back after the last three years of what we've experienced. I really do believe that we experienced probably the greatest division that we have ever experienced. And I believe that God is raising up builders in this time to, to grow His church. I believe He's raising up builders to sow into His church. I believe He's raising up builders 
And so I just want you to do this in this moment. I want you to stretch your hands to Jesus all over the room. And I want you to just begin to look within. Father, I pray that you would raise us up as builders. I pray that you would sow the seed into our hearts of building, of building. God, whatever you're calling us to build, we say yes. Whatever you're calling us to build, we say yes. Father, I thank you that you are building your church in Crestview. You are building your church in Crestview. Father, I pray that every person in this room would feel the the drawing of the Holy Ghost in this moment to be a part of what you're doing here. They would feel, the people who are already committed, Father, I pray that you would draw them deeper into a deeper level of commitment, to a deeper level of commitment to you and your bride. Come on, if you would in this moment, if you're full of the Spirit, I just want you to pray in the Spirit for just a moment. I want you to begin to look within. In this moment, I want you to ask the Lord to reveal to you in places where you have been, you have been unfaithful. Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you this morning for the Spirit within us. We thank you this morning for the Spirit within us. Lord, draw us deeper into what you're asking us to do here. Build this church. Jesus, build this church. Build this church with these people. Lord, I pray for a fresh anointing, a fresh fire, a fresh passion. Father, I pray that you would give the faithful people of these house dreams on how to grow this place. Father, I pray that you would begin to put fresh vision into the heart of Pastor Micah and Chelsea. Lord, I pray, would you just, everyone, just stretch your hands towards your pastors in this moment. Father, right now, in Jesus' name, Lord, we pray for a fresh passion, a fresh fire, a fresh anointing. Lord, I thank you. Mike and Chelsea, I just really feel the Lord. I hear the Lord saying that He's sending you. He's sending you a number two. He's sending you a number two. Father, in this moment, Lord, I pray, wherever this person is, if they're in the room or if they're not even here yet, Lord, I pray that you would send them here to help carry the weight of what you are doing here. Father, I pray that people who are even hearing this word go forth, I pray that they may feel the call to be a number two in the room, Lord, and I pray that they would submit their lives to Pastor Micah and Chelsea. Lord, I thank you in this season of their life. They will look back on this season 20 years from now and say, it was not stressful, it was blissful. Your yoke is easy and your burden is light. Lord, I pray that you would give them a grace to carry the yoke of Jesus. A grace to carry the yoke of Jesus and to operate in ministry under an easy yoke. With ease. With ease. Father, we just call forth finances. We call forth finances. 
God, we call forth the miraculous. God, we call forth property. We call forth builders. God, we call forth we call forth the things that they need to make this what you've asked it to be. Lord, I thank you that you're giving people ideas for jobs, that you're giving people promotions to sow into this. You're giving people ideas for businesses to give into what you're doing here. Lord, we thank you and we love you today for all you're doing in this church, in this city. In Jesus' name. Can you tell Jesus that you love him?